is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. Hey, Better Life, Better Work podcast audience. I appreciate you. I wanted to come in here today and let you know about something a little different than we normally do. I am going to take a break, but I'm going to make sure you have some good shit over the next four weeks. Are you taking enough breaks? I uh, have been continually reminded that slow tango is what gets results in my business and life. And it's when I slow down and allow ease and step back that more flows. And I didn't even realize how full my August had been with moving into our new house and opening the doors to soulful success for the last time this year. And I looked up and my brain is begging for some space and nourishment. So I'm going to take September to love on me and love on my people. That means this month I'm going to be slowing my role on content creation and creating new episodes for you on the podcast. But I'm going to be sharing some of the best and most favoritist episodes for the next four weeks. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. These next four episodes have been carefully chosen to support you in this season of life and this time right now. I've also heard that they were the most impactful, and I think they are topics that we could use a reminder of now. I'm starting with an important episode because I'm practicing it. Your emotional P&L, your emotional profit and loss. This one is especially for those who know or aren't sure if you need to slow down right now. We all know that focusing on your financial profit and loss is part of being a soulful CEO, but also your emotional profit and loss. Are you in the red? Are you in the green? Are you approaching the red? You do not want to have a deficit in your emotional P&L. So I wanted to revisit this one because this year we are all navigating a little bit of a roller coaster ride of life. And it's more important than ever to be in touch with your own emotional P&L. Enjoy this core episode, and I will see you next week with another fabulous replay. Hey, hey, soulful people. This is episode number 65 of the Better Life, Better Work show. And today, because you are soulful and because you want to create success for your soulful life, we are going to be talking about the spiritual and emotional P&L. And this is a concept I use and have used with my business owner clients, especially back in the recovering overachiever days. So this was born out of working with really high achieving clients who are doing really well, but often experience burnout, fatigue, or were working in jobs and situations that just didn't matter how much money they made, they weren't enjoying their life. There was nothing left over at the end of the day. So let's hop right in. As a business owner, hopefully you have a P&L. 
if you don't, <laughs> um, I highly recommend that you get a PL um, and that you begin to know and look at your numbers. I know it can be daunting if that's not something you've done, but a PL or a profit and loss is a financial statement that summarizes the revenue, the cost, expenses, and more, but I'm going to leave those details out for now. But it measures the ability of your business or inability of your business to generate profit. And so the definition of profit is a financial gain, especially in the difference between the amount earned and the amount spent. And so as a business owner, I know that I work closely with my bookkeeper to have my P&L available at all times. I get monthly reports. And what I love is that I'm not basing the health of my business based on my current bank account, which in my early business days, it was very easy to make up stories about my business based on the number in my bank account. And so also looking at my profit and loss on the the financial profit and loss also helps me see patterns. It helps me see cycles. It helps me track expenses. It helps me track the cost of business, which is slightly different than expenses. And the big difference is in revenue and net profit. So a lot of times, especially in the online world, when nobody is sharing their profit and loss, many, many advertisements and people will talk about their revenue. I actually did a post on Instagram that showed my boring lunch and talked about the revenue that my business was on track to do this month. Revenue, you guys, let me tell you a secret. Revenue is nothing. What really matters is your net profit. Your net, so revenue minus all your expenses and cost, what is left over? And that is where this concept of spiritual and emotional profit and loss came about. So we're going to leave the financials uh, for another episode, another time, or for you and your accountant. But I want you to think about your emotional and spiritual profit and loss. And to do that, just like in financials, you need to know what is the equivalent of income or revenue. So for example, are you aware in both your life and your business, what gives you energy, what expands and enhances your energy, your time, your satisfaction, your joy, so that your emotional and spiritual tanks stay full. And what I mean by emotional and spiritual tank, I mean, most everybody I know has had a season or a time or circumstances in their life where stress is really high and they feel empty. Ordinary life can create dust on our soul. And if by my standards, I am not only looking to create success, I'm also looking to enjoy the success I create, enjoy myself while I'm creating it. I think we've all heard of very wealthy people that at the end of the day still feel miserable. And so when you begin to think about your emotional and spiritual profit and loss, I want you to think about the things that would constitute for you a full, healthy, and in the green 
emotional and spiritual account. So you can come, I kind of combine mine because for me, emotion and spirit intertwine. If you need to keep those separate, that's fine too. Spirit is a very big part of my business. Spirit is my divine business manager and things usually go well when I listen to her. And so you also need to think about in the context of emotions and your spiritual fulfillment, of being aware what depletes or drains your emotional and spiritual accounts. And so it doesn't mean that everything in running our life and our business is always hunky-dory, but at the end of the day, we want a balance sheet that shows a profit. We don't mind if there are some things that deplete our energy, that take our time, but we want to have those, quote, expenses be reasonable, right? So if in a financial profit and loss, you had absolutely a hole in your money boat and were just draining money left and right for something that wasn't giving you a return, you would consider cutting that expense. Um, but there are operating costs. There are costs of doing business and then there are the regular expenses of running business. And your emotional and spiritual profit and loss is just like that. And so, for example, let me think of um, some expenses. So, for example, I know a lot of new people and I have a lot of newer clients that are in the first uh, three years of their business. We're going to be doing a podcast on that coming up soon too, launch, growth, and achievement phase of your business. And clients that are in launch are putting in lots of emotional um, and spiritual Expenses. And so what I mean by that is they may be putting more time on task, right? So time is one of the expenses that you can have where you're putting massive time, you're working overtime, maybe you're doing a lot of gift services to get your name out there, you're going to a lot of things. Um, things. You're going to a lot of networking events or you're doing free workshops or whatever it is to get your name out there, right? Because if you are in the first to three years, you are starting from zero and building, right? Whereas somebody in growth and achievement has built some traction. And so by the mere fact that you would be building traction, it's going to require literally more time, more energy, and more effort, and so not only will that um, perhaps cost you money financially, but it can be an emotional and energetic and time cost, right? And so just to be aware of it. Um, one of the ways that I believe that you can really rein in and be wise about the emotional and spiritual cost associated with running a business is to have standards. And so many, many people I know get in and or have been in, almost everybody I know, has been in a situation where they are working with somebody where the cost does not outweigh their return, right? And so I know I know coaches that have had very high fee clients and the client is just not coachable. The client is griping. Maybe the client is talking bad about the coach. When the coach goes to try to 
um, have a conversation about it. There's some stonewalling. It's just not a good fit. And a lot of times it's real easy if somebody is going to offer to pay you money for the offer of that service to get really excited and just want to take that money instead of measuring that potential client's, um, their mission, their vision, their values, um, seeing if they're a fit. So one of the things I learned under working with Rich Litvin in the Prosperous Coach community eight years ago was um, to be thinking about the characteristics that I want my clients to have. What is a hell yes client and what is a hell no client? Um, one of the ways I've set up my business, not only financially, but for my emotional P&L, is everything I do runs through a payment system. So I don't take checks anymore because I didn't want to be a bill collector. And so having everything automated actually... <laughs> um, actually helps me not spend time doing massive amounts of bill collecting and bookkeeping. So those are two things I wanted to be able to spend most of my time, right? So when I, isn't it funny? We say, so spend time. When you spend time doing a task, that is an energetic expense in your business. And so I wanted to spend energetic expenses doing things that not only make me money, which yeah, that that helps, but that also fill my soul. So for example, the happiest, I have two moments in every single day that are like my pure joy, gratitude moments. And one of them is towards actually during coaching sessions with my uh, soulful success members. And I, I usually become aware of it as we're checking out. I find that my energy is high. I'm fine that I'm excited. I'm amped up. And I am feeling the bliss and glow of the work that I do. I have just spent 90 minutes to two hours coaching, giving, serving, active listening, intuition. So I have put effort and time into something. But the reward is really, really high for me, right? So even though something is being spent, I get a massive amount of return for the overall net profit of my emotions and my spirit. Um, chasing down money when we've already got an agreement, um, if someone's avoiding paying me, that's an example of something that it's a task that I'll do, but it can be mentally frustrating, it can be draining, and it can be distracting from other energies that would pay off better in my business. Um, so those are the things, those are examples of things in your business that, um, so here's another one. Let's say marketing. So I love creating content. I, um, I love to create content. That is really fun for me to create engaging content online. It's becoming more and more fun for me to do this podcast and get your feedback. And so that's an expense. It's time and task and energy put into doing something that helps me engage with you and that's rewarding for me. Now, many people I know 
do not like creating content, right? They like providing their service. They like coaching. They like buying and selling homes, etc. And most of the people I work with are in relationship-based businesses. And so you have one of two choices. <laughs> Actually, in the real estate days, this is interesting because most of my real estate clients now are um, super experienced realtors. They've been doing this business for a long time. They're in the growth and achievement phase of their businesses, whether they run big teams, brokerages, or whether they're independent agents. And one of the ways that you can create business in real estate is, let's say, cold calling. So there are lists that you can get of everybody that has their house for sale. And let's say it expired. You can get tax rolls. You can literally, in the quote old days, they used to get the phone book and you would just start dialing. They called it dialing for dollars. Some people dialing for dollars is very energizing. But for me, that is a massive financial expense and an energetic debt when I was a real estate agent. And so for me, it was really fun to find ways to create and build both reputation and real estate. And I wanted to have a reputation as being excellent at what I do. And so not only did I do a good job for my clients, but I also invested both financially and time-wise in education, training, learning, et cetera. And so you have to decide for you what in your business activities, um, lead generation, marketing, what is on your energetic and spiritual filling takes. And hopefully those things also align with your money filling tanks. For example, the example that I used for earlier, the dialing for dollars, that worked for a lot of people. It absolutely worked for a lot of people. I know many people that built their businesses off of calling what we called expired listings, and they would make money off of it. But for me, that was not enjoyable. There was a low-grade anxiety that I had about calling strangers, and I personally liked to work for people that I knew and trusted and had built some rapport with. So um, the other example I was using is marketing, right? So for example, it might be, if you are somebody who doesn't like to create content, it might be worth both your financial investment to hire that out to get some support doing that. And it frees you up so that you can invest where you want to. It's interesting. Actually, before I did this, I went ahead and pulled up my most recent report. And it's kind of fun for me to look at. One of my favorites is always to look at the year over the year and the month over the month. And this year, my um, gross profit, I can't remember net, but it's pretty close. But my gross profit is up 50%, uh, 54%. And my expenses, I can't remember the percent, but my expenses from January to July are down $3,000, right? And that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to increase our revenue, our energy. We want to increase our positive experiences, our joyful moments, our delight in life. We want our soul to be full. And then we want to decrease 
our expenses. It doesn't mean we're not going to have any expenses. It's impossible to live a life or run a business without some cost, but we weigh the cost. And so many people I know were having really good financial businesses, but they felt like the cost was too much. And so one of the ways, especially when you're self-employed or an entrepreneur or whatever you want to call yourself, there's so many different terms these days, is to get really clear about what is a yes for you, what is an energizer for you, and what is necessary for you. What in your emotional and spiritual life helps your business? So, for example, we had um, an amazing business call this week um, with my members, and one of the things we talked about was the energetics of making money, that everything is energy. And so often in business coaching and business schools, we're talking about the how to make money, how to make money. You guys, there are 950 gazillion million ways to make money. And there are that many ways to make money as a coach, if you're a coach or a realtor or an artist, right? Like we can look that stuff up on YouTube. We can find blog posts. We can hire and spend lots of money on coaches. But what is invaluable for me and what is my business plan? So y'all, my one sentence business plan is get in alignment and then because the practices that I do to, quote, get an alignment, end quote, are absolutely profitable practices, not only for my fiscal P&L, but also for my emotional and spiritual P&L. It makes any effort I put into my business easier smarter. And I have, I don't want to say I have way less failures, but I have way less doubt. I have um, a much better mindset. So when I do encounter a failure, I actually learn for it. So here's an example that happened last week. Last week, I spent some time, just a quickie little vacation with my husband and my best friend and her husband, and we hopped on a plane and jetted out to Las Vegas, and we went to go see the Eric Clapton show. My superstar brother-in-law, Mike Flanagan, uh, plays the B3 organ for Jimmy Vaughn, and they opened for Eric Clapton, and we had this vacation planned. Um, had a great time and on the plane on the way home. So this was on Saturday night. That's how I fly into Vegas. I do not leave on Sundays. I'll leave on Saturdays when most people are coming in or already partying. Um, that's part of my emotional and spiritual PL of taking a trip, right? So I know that I do better when I travel if I fly direct and I, I fly at off times when most people aren't traveling. It makes my experience so much more fulfilling. Same trip, so much more fulfilling and easier on my body. Are you catching along with me yet? Okay, so on the plane, on the way back, I got an email from my support at my email provider. And I use a, a company called Entreport. And I didn't really get it. It said something about me being blacklisted. And it said something about my website being blacklisted for email spam. But I was confused about the email 
because it, the email that was blacklisted is a domain name that I do not use to send email. And so, you know, I didn't think too much about it that night. I um, hit respond and was like, can you help me understand what this is about? I, I'm not really sure what you're saying, et cetera. And I, I forgot about it. And then I went home and the next morning I woke up and I had another email and I didn't quite understand it. And the tone was like a little bit, I'm going to call it threatening. He apologized for threatening, but it was, the tone was kind of like, if you don't get this figured out, we're going to stop your ability to send email. Right. And so, of course, I'm in this reaction state of, oh my God, my business, like, what would I do if I can't get my email and, and send email to the people who have self selected to receive emails from me? And so that, that day was a Sunday. I sat in my office. I, um, started researching. I didn't understand it. I started to get more frustrated and I could feel my energy really get frustrated, tense, anxious. I was nervous. Honestly, it hit a deep little fear of me, you know, the the dramatic fear that says, oh my God, your whole business is going to be destroyed. No, that's not going to happen, but you all know how our minds do that. So my protective mind went off like crazy But what was beautiful is that the time I have spent working on my inner thoughts, soothing my fearful emotions kicked in and I was able to self-coach and self-soothe and self-support myself. And so instead of totally freaking out, I A, did what I could and passed it on. And then B, I began to think if for some reason I can't get this solved and I did have a deadline coming up for my program's doors to close last week. And so I was like, well, I can always, you know, I started thinking of alternative ideas. I was like, I can change the deadline. I also started to think, well, if I couldn't use email, what could I do instead? And it was interesting because I recognized that the time I've spent doing this work and not taking things personally that happen in my business, not over freaking out, not assuming that just because there's a glitch in the technology systems that everything is destroyed, I began to see the reward and the profit and the payoff. So not just short-term payoff, but long-term payoff, right? I have made massive investments in my emotional and spiritual life. And in the moment of chaos, those things paid off. And what was fun was um, I shared some of these experiences on a Facebook Live. It actually created a client, which was a hilarious cosmic joke. But that's what I'm talking about. When I take care of my emotional and spiritual profit and loss by filling those tanks, by doing the practices that make sure that my self-care, that my physical health, that my mental health, and that my spiritual health are not neglected when there is a circumstance that can otherwise be disruptive, I profit. (laughs) I profit. And that feels really good. It feels really good to solve business problems with ease and flow. 
It feels really good to overcome obstacles. And there are obstacles, as you know, in life and business. And one of the primary elements is this concept of an emotional and spiritual profit and loss. And so if you are somebody who is out there running your business and you at all feel like you are on a hamster wheel or you are um, burning the candle at both ends, all these little sayings, right, that we have, if you are experiencing burnout, if you are working with shitty clients, I want you to pause and take some time to think about standards, not only in your business with who you work with, but also your personal practice standards. So what are your mindset standards? What are your um, self-care standards, right? How much time will you take off? I have a friend, Hank Avink, who runs the National Coaching League. He is brilliant at standards. He does not answer his phone after 5 p.m. That is his family time. And if we are a friend of his or a colleague or even his clients, you know that you don't even text because he's not going to respond to that text after 5 p.m. And this man has absolutely not only massively increased his business, he has very high standards of who he works with, what he tolerates. He's very clear in his communication. And so all these things not only support him in his business, but it's also supported his family. And I have watched this man build not only an incredible net financial profit business, but an emotionally profitable business and practice. And he's teaching other people how to do the same. And so I share the same concept with you today. I share it with my clients. What are the elements that you require that support you emotionally and spiritually in your business? What are the elements that suck the life out of you emotionally? And if you find those elements, how can you adjust your thinking? How can you adjust your standards? How can you um, make any other adjustments that might make it more profitable? All right. I love this analogy of looking at the P&L. Um, another aspect of uh, a financial P&L is your liabilities, your debts and liabilities and your assets, right? So if you have a computer, it's an asset and it shows up as a plus on this financial statement. And so in your life, if you have an office space that you enjoy working at and that feels really good, that's an asset. If you... um You know, if you have a lot of financial debt, you may have an emotional debt with that too. In the past, my debt used to really get me squirrely. I'm absolutely on the trajectory in the right direction. But that one, even the financial debt would create an emotional and spiritual debt for me. Um, self-forgiveness, right? When we, when we self-beat and when we talk bad to ourselves or about ourselves, that's in a debt, right? So I want you to think about what are the debts and what are the assets emotionally and spiritually. Take a moment and check in. Is there something from the inside out that is missing that you could create? And I want you to take real kind care here. 
because it's going to be real easy for your protective and judgmental mind to decide that it's something outside of you. So I go back to that blacklist. If I were still blacklisted this week, I guarantee you somehow I still would have enrolled the clients that I enrolled last week, even though I didn't, wouldn't have had email because they were going to have to stop my email. And so um, I could use that as an excuse. I could use that to stop me, but instead I thought differently about it. And so I thought, how can I change? If I can't change the circumstance of being blacklisted, I'm off the blacklist now. It's all good. It was actually a super simple fix on the back end. There was no spam ever sent. It was my DMARC file was empty. So like, how can you think differently, right? What can you believe about yourself differently? I have a client that is in a year-long agreement. Um, she's not sure how it's going. She has quite a bit left on that agreement. And one of the things is, is like she knows out of integrity she's in that contract. And so she doesn't have to quit that job. She doesn't have to, you know, she doesn't have to quit the job and, and cross her arms and say, this is killing my soul, I gotta go, right? So if no circumstances change in this arrangement that she has with this group, so she's doing some corporate group work, and she has some tactics and some strategies to go forward and hopefully create a little bit more emotional um, emotional income, right, in the context of this team, but if nothing else changes, if nothing changes, my question for her today was, how could you complete your remaining nine months with absolute peace and self-empowerment? And that was the question because a lot of times our protective brain is going to want to say, well, it's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to know that your thinking is your brain can either be the biggest liability or the biggest asset in your business. And I want you to think about the practices in your life, in your health, in your eating, in your exercise, in your social life. So for example, uh, in coaching, we use the wheel of life, right? There's all the different areas of life that contribute to your emotional and spiritual profit and loss. So one of the things I know where I tend to go in emotional debt is I forget to go have fun. I love working, but I forget to go have a great time. I have a personal mantra. It's called CTFO. It stands for Allison, chill the fuck out. And that is my playful way of saying I'm taking things too seriously. And when I take things too seriously in my life, in my relationship, or my business, it creates an expense that leaves me negative in the spiritual and emotional accounts. And so I know that I can actually put the task of work down and go play and go have fun and laugh and move my body and get a change of scenery, go hang out with my girlfriends, go to the lake, go for a walk, listen to something funny on TV instead of reading um, self-help books and business books all the time. And that will actually raise my spiritual and emotional balances so that when I come back into work, or my relationship or whatever it is, things are much more manageable. So as we close out, 
not only do I want to encourage you to get your financial P&L together, I don't care what it is, just start it if you don't have it. And if you do have it, I want you to pull it out and look at it. And I want you to make the analogy and the comparison. And I want you to get out a piece of paper or journal and create a column for spiritual. Is alignment important to you? Is your spiritual life a part of your business like it is mine? Do you have have you spent time doing your spiritual stuff? I tell you what, you guys, two weeks ago, I made a commitment to sit on that little poof and meditate. And I have done a whole lot of shitty meditation, but guess what? It's raising my profit, especially emotionally and spiritually. And by the way, y'all, it's much easier to actually create financial income when you are emotionally and spiritually open, right? Um, I want you to write down the word emotional P&L. Are you getting joy out of what you're doing? Are you um, having fun? Are you absolutely adoring the people work with? Or are you working with somebody that makes your eye roll and you avoid it, right? So I really want you to assess both your current situation just like you would do with your money. And it is not to create judgment, shame, or blame. It's actually just to create awareness. Knowing what's going on helps us make adjustments to what's going on, right? And then I want you to create your ideal. Um, My colleague and friend Megan Hale has a concept that she's created with her clients around money, and she calls it good, better, best goals. And I love that concept because for your emotional and spiritual P&L, you can create what would be good, what would be better, and what would be best. And all of these things are elements that contribute to emotional tanks being full and your spiritual tanks being full, all while managing your business and creating your financial P&L. So if you have any questions, let me know. Um, I hope this made sense to you. I'm pretty sure it did. I'm pretty sure each of you know, if you take a nice breath in this moment and do a quick scan, you can tell whether or not your soul is energized and excited or if it's a little bit weary. (laughs) Sometimes one of the best things I can do for my business is take a nap. I actually had a client once that felt so guilty about taking naps because she worked on her own time. She was a contract um, contract employee for somebody and she had certain work to do for them. And she was saying, I feel so guilty about taking this nap. And I was like, wait a minute, didn't you tell me about the nap you took, you know, a couple of months ago. And when you woke up from that nap, you had an idea and you shared it with your boss and your boss implemented it and it made him $2 million. And so it's funny, right? Our attitude about something even like a nap, those naps, I told her, those are actually a very important part of your business plan, right? And so these are some of the ways and some of the thinking that you can use to set up and create your life and your work to not only be functional, but to be soulfully fulfilling. That is my wish for you, that your soul feels aligned That at the end of the day, when you lie your head on your pillow, that no matter how tired you are or how much you've worked or how much you haven't worked, that you are able to say, soul, 
we did good today. Let's rest well and wake up and do it again tomorrow. With that, you guys, I'm out of here. Thanks for spending time. If you have any questions, drop me a line on Instagram or on Facebook, and I will see you on next week's episode. As always, thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag Better Life, Better Work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.